Hello, everybody. How's it going? I am Chase Jarvis, and I want to welcome you to my show called the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. This, my friends, is where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders with the goal of doing two things. One, with the goal of doing two things. How about two goals? One goal is to have a really good time, and another goal is to add a serious amount of value by extracting actionable insights from these big brains, these smart, talented people that I host on the show to help you live your dreams in career, in hobby, and in life. My guest today is Sophia Amoruso. Sophia is known in many circles as Nasty Gal because she is the founder and CEO of said brand Nasty Gal which she started by, I think she started like out of her basement or something like that, selling curated vintage things that she found IRL in real life in stores, and then she would put them online and sell them on eBay. And she turned that concept into a XXX million, something like that, I think it's 100 plus million in revenue, business. She is, I would consider her just a hustler, a hard worker, um, an independent thinker. She turned, again, this simple idea into a massive enterprise. And not only is it an enterprise in the business sense, but it's, I would, it's sort of like, it's a, gosh, it's a franchise, really. She has Girl Boss Radio, which is a podcast. It is um, always uh, highly ranked uh, on iTunes. And she's got a Netflix series named after her. I mean, it's literally her life in a Netflix series uh, with all kinds of big time directors and actors and whatnot. So, you know, aside from sort of checking the Hollywood boxes, there is so much grit and simplicity and sort of core humanity in Sophia. You can hear it in our conversation. Uh, her advice is super practical and you know, and we cover a whole, a huge, in fact, range of topics, creativity, courage, fear. Oh gosh, learning by doing. Actually, that was one of my key takeaways is, is she is very eloquent about the sort of muscle memory that one creates from doing more than you can, you know, you can't get that anywhere else, she says. And Another thing that I loved is she is very cognizant about the role that we have in life in treating others fairly, ethically, um, with respect. I think she's, she talks about it being the greatest thing that you can do is treating the, how well you treat the person next to you. Helping other people feel capable, feel empowered, and you will get that sense from just two minutes of my conversation with Sophia. Before we get to that conversation, though, I want to this give a episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now, you're saying, "Wait a minute! Isn't that the company that you started?" Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, 
wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Live classes that are on air streaming for free, anything you already own, and on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks super, for having Super, super happy to yeah. have you. Ugh. It's been a long time coming, actually. We have a lot of friends in common, and uh, I've been admiring you, ad admiring you from afar, not in a creepy way, but Thank in you. a good way, a sort of an aspirational girl boss, badass. Likewise, um, congratulations on everything. Thanks, it's good, it's, it's been good cool. fun. The series is super fun, I'm happy to have you on the show. I'm flattered. Um, we were talking just a little bit ago about uh, making stuff, and what you have made for yourself this show is uh, basically to help people on the other side of the camera who are, who consider themselves creative or want to be more creative, um, but they're building not just sort of design, art, photography, things like that, they're also building businesses and lives. Uh, I think a good way to start out, I like to do this occasionally on the show, give us a little bit of backstory. You have done all the things I said in your intro, created a hundred million dollar business in Nasty Gal, which is... That's nuts, by the way. I know. <laughs> I know. Tell me about <laughs> That's it. Crazy. But you've you've done so many things, and now you know, uh, culminating most most recently and upcoming, you've got a book. You're also a podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of this stuff, but yeah. talk talk to me about Just early life. What's the beginning? Or, yeah, early life. I think that's one of the things that people want to know about. Is like. Because I'm me. I'm sitting in the Midwest. I'm stuck in my life, and I want to do something more, better, or different. Yeah. So give us the early, so, early life. Yeah, it's been 10 year, years now since I started Nasty Gal. Wow. Um, I started it as an eBay store when I was 22. Um, my last job was working in the lobby of an art school called the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. I know 79 it, yeah. New Montgomery. Mm -hmm. I worked in the lobby. My job was a, being a campus safety host, which was just like a cheaper version of a security guard that they could have hired through an agency. A campus security safety host. host. Safety host. This is Doesn't a weird mean title. Anything, does it? <laughs> this is like a, a yeah. nothing non nothing. So I nothing, was the nothing. person that like chases you down and says like, "Hey, you need to sign in. Do you have your student ID? Which floor are you going to? Oh, admissions oh is on the third floor." It wasn't. It didn't take much to do that job, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah, but it's below your pay grade. At I'm the quite time, certain. it is now. Yeah. Um, at at that time, I was like, twelve bucks an hour. This is amazing. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. So. I had been in community college. I wanted to be a photographer. I had shot a portfolio. I had gotten into the San Francisco Art Institute in North Beach. I got nominated for a scholarship, but I didn't get one. And I just like, I didn't understand debt. No one probably would have even given me a student loan, so I didn't end up going to school. So I was just kind of, I was a very frustrated 22-year-old uh, who didn't know what my talent was, um, but I knew I was talented in something. Um, and I wasn't particularly going to school for it. Um, I'd taken some photo classes at San Francisco City College and was, you know, t tooling around on the internet at this boring job and was getting friend requests on MySpace. So this is before Facebook really took off, uh -huh. um, before Twitter, before Etsy. I was getting friend requests from eBay sellers who were promoting their businesses on MySpace. And it was like, you know, the little thing would Bing. like yeah, light yeah. up, uh -huh. it was moving, it was like, you have a new message a or new you have a friend. new friend request. Uh -huh. 
so exciting. Constant refreshing, right? You had to refresh mm -hmm. at that point. Mm, remember that? Yeah, I remember refreshing. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do that anymore. Um, so I was getting friend requests from eBay sellers, these girls that had eBay stores. Um, I didn't invent selling vintage on eBay. Um, and they were using MySpace to promote themselves. And I clicked through and I was like, hey, like I only wear vintage. I can find that thing for way cheaper than these people are paying for it. I know how to use a camera, and um, at the time I didn't even have a laptop. I remember buying my first, my first laptop. Like after I started the eBay store, I think I started on one of those dome iMacs. Oh, it was wow. like my high school graduation gift. Nice. Was it green or <laughs> it blue? It was no. It was the white. The white. Yeah. Um, the white dome. It wasn't those Emacs. Oh, 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 yeah, those color, like, the colored ones were the Emacs. Yep, my bad. I know. You know your Mac vintage. Everything vintage. I know. You know right. I know everything. Nice yeah. Um, no, uh, and so I was like, okay, fine. You know, I'd gotten that job because I had a hernia, and this was, I guess this is no longer the case, but you you could not, if you had a pre-existing condition, you couldn't get health insurance. So How I, whack was that? I remember all that. I didn't, stuff, I yeah. just found out like two weeks ago that this changed, but I had to go get, I needed surgery, and I had to get a job from, this is cider, by the way. Mm. Um, it's really good. It's, it's very alcoholic. tasty. It's very tasty. Don't mm. judge. I had to get a job because I needed group health insurance. They basically, you have cancer, you got AIDS, you got a hernia, I had a hernia. You have to go get a job with group health insurance to get it fixed, otherwise you have to pay completely in a pocket. So that's why I got that job. But after three months, I got my insurance, my 90 days insurance, got my hernia fixed, I was out of there. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't like, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, I'm gonna be a founder. I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Uh, maybe I'll try selling some shit on eBay for now because that last job didn't wasn't so great. Was it survival? Would you do, were you thinking about it as survival or like I need to make enough money to actually live? I think what? I was like squatting with my I was like living yeah. with my boyfriend here and there. I was I mean it wasn't like oh my god I've got a mortgage what am I gonna do with myself? It was like I'm 22. I need to do something instead of nothing. Yeah, let me see if I can you know work by myself and not have to deal with other people and still like make a living, that would be amazing. That's no longer the case. Um, but yes, got a book called eBay for Dummies. Uh, this is, I love this. Started an eBay store, called it Nasty Gal Vintage. I did not expect to be talking about it 10 years later. Um, being an entrepreneur was not, This I mean, show didn't I'm, exist 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, You've outlasted so many things. Yeah, I know, thank God. Um, and uh, just started like, you know, peddling some of my own stuff, went and bought stuff, stuff I thought people would like, and in the beginning, you know, some of it sold, some of it didn't, and it all went online for $9.99, um, starting bid. So it could have, I could have paid $9.99 for it, and if it sold for $9.99, I was kind of screwed. I put all that work into it. And it's a ton of work to sell something online. You have to, well, you have to buy it, steam it, shoot it on a person. This is for one one-of-a-kind one yeah. item. Um, edit the photos, write a description, measure it, weigh it, put in the weight, um, write a title for it, like all the kind of search terms that help you sell something on eBay. Um, and anyway, I learned very quickly because that was so much work, what, what worked and what didn't, and just Got kept it. moving towards the thing that worked and kept moving away from the things that weren't selling because I just, that wouldn't have, this would never have worked out had I been like, my dream is to sell these things that nobody wants because they're the things that I that I love. Um, I was like, what do they what do they want? Like, what are people into? And that's kind of, that's how I learned. And the beauty of selling vintage, especially non-designer vintage, is that there is no real value. 
Like it's something that it's can be $5 at a Salvation Army or $500 because a girl in Australia and a girl in London are duking it out and uh, both want this like weird anorak, you know, um, that looks like a runway piece that's $5,000 or whatever. So um, that was that was kind of like a magical lesson in perceived was it, value. It was, was it? Yeah, that's, a, you know, my career is the same with art. Like you can literally charge any price for that stuff. And vintage, I think there's a category of that where you, you can, it's what, what someone will pay. Mm -hmm. um, so you probably got really good at, at trying to position things in a way that, that highlighted value. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but before we go there, was this sort of survival mechanism or the way to like make money? Uh, was it an overlap? Like clearly, you had a sense of your skill set. You, I didn't know you were a photographer. That's badass. I That's like what that. I wanted to do. Yeah, and I still. I mean, I mean, I, I think I have like a good eye, but I'm not like a really technical photographer. I think it's but. people pay for the eye, not for the technical part. I mean, but it's you're, nice to put it. But in you're life. a host now. Yeah, I'm both. I'm, You're both. Well, we'll talk about that on many okay. things, and that's, I think we're all hyphens now. You two are... Multi-hyphens. Yeah, yeah, multi-hyphenate. You're, you're this or that or that and that, and there's many of those things. I couldn't even get through all of them in your intro. You noticed that. I know. Uh, but is it fair to say that you had this background of photography, a little interest, passion there. You needed to make some money. You got tipped off to a market opportunity. You um, thought you could invest cheaply and sell something for a higher price than you bought it for. So it's like this overlap of, Venn, of circles in this Venn diagram, is it fair to say that that is just sort of, that, that you originally stumbled into something as opposed to set out to become Nasty Gal? Yeah. To me, Absolutely. that's, yeah, that is the, that is a powerful concept for anyone who's on the other end of these cameras because I believe that they believe that there's this grand script. You have to have like a giant business plan and like be a CEO with zero employees who's like, I'm a CEO of my own nothing. <laughs> like, watch me. Here I go. Good no. Market. Yeah. Tell, tell, starts, me, tell me more about that. I it starts know. with rubbing two sticks together. <laughs> um, I mean, I, well, I wrote a whole book. About, so this is like, yeah. Per perfect entree in the book. We can go there. I wrote a book. You wrote a book about it. I wrote a book What's called the Girl Boss. Yep. Um, Which is a badass. Girl and the boss. first page talks about the time I pooped my pants. Or actually, I'm sorry. The first page, the second book talks about the time I pooped my pants. The first book opens. Which is forthcoming. Forthcoming. Yes. So let's, um, let's go, let's not go to pooping your pants. Let's, let's go to the first book. Let's not even talk. We don't even have to talk about poop. It's fine. Okay. Well, I'm not finished with my first cider yet. <laughs> second one is right over there on the table. <laughs> um, it's called Girl Boss, and it's a little bit memoir, a little bit business advice, a little comedy. There's some illustrations. It's, it's a fun book, so all of this is in there. But to build the business, I was, I mean, I was on MySpace. There was no Facebook. You couldn't even pay for Facebook advertising, as far as I know. Um, and while eBay has its own kind of, uh, you know, uh, cohort of, you know, customers yeah. who just are trolling for vintage sure, yeah, all it's, the it's, time, it's, it's who may, not, yeah. may or may not be loyal to you, I was also harvesting people from other places, namely MySpace. And so I downloaded a program that would add friends on MySpace that you weren't supposed to use. It was against MySpace's policy. I don't think, I don't even know if it was necessarily illegal, but I've talked about it plenty and no one's come after me. Yeah, so. no one's hit you over the head yet and but tried I to get into jail. You know, the stuff that companies that has built MySpace into a giant business by being, you know, these lookalikes or, oh, I want to target people that like this other business that I think is akin to mind or who like this kind of music or who might follow this magazine, I would go on, find like a fashion magazine or a cool Australian brand or whatever it may be. You could type in like the user ID into this program 
And MySpace had all the data, like woman, what her age was, where she lived, and I could literally filter everyone who's friends with this fashion magazine, who's a woman between ages 18 and 30, who's in California and New York, and Sydney and London, or whatever it may be, and I could push add, and it would literally just start adding those people. And every like six friends, I'd have to enter a CAPTCHA code to like prove I wasn't a robot. So you just sat there entering CAPTCHA code? For hours. Hours wow. and hours and hours, for free, yeah. you know? But like, these people accept your friend requests, they discover your, face, your MySpace profile, they click through, they see your auctions, they're like, oh my god, I want that, and then, you're bringing more competition to your auctions. And did you would you actively had a have a uh, understanding that you were hacking the system? I mean, and not uh, yeah, I knew. Was that it, again, I wasn't I'm trying to, be doing to, that. to understand the difference between sort of survival. I got to eat. I got to build this business more than anything now. And like, oh, this is just this is I found a loop in the system, and this is a really uh, smart way for me to like, grow. I was like, this is fun. How could I do more with all the work that I'm already doing? How can I bring more people? How can I find better stuff? How can I take better pictures? How can I write better product descriptions? How can I make sure that people are happy when the stuff actually reaches them? I think it just, you know, it became this kind of like obsession and you can monitor everything. If I put something live and, I mean, the thumbnails on eBay used to be like so tiny. Like literally the size of your thumbnail. So right? tiny. Yeah. And if people, if something I knew was amazing wasn't getting the traction that I thought it was supposed to, you can swap out like the lead, the listing photo before there's any bids. So if once there's a bid, you can't edit your auction at all. But before anyone bids on it, you can like tweak it as much as you want. And I would like re-upload. Like I was testing things, but I didn't really know what I was. That that was you what didn't it was have called. It. Yeah, you didn't. Like uh, we're, we're iterating on, and we're testing A B. It was just like oh, yeah. this one's brighter. Oh, this this one might show the silhouette better. Let's see what happens. And I would like, you know, I was like, this is definitely why it's not working. I'd upload a different one, and it would be like one bid. And I'd be like, Ding. Wow. So let's talk about the power of photography for a second, because clearly you were motivated. You had a photography desire. Mm -hmm. Clearly, photography moves units to speak in the most sort of brutish terms. We've heard about companies like Airbnb that as soon as they went to professional photos of spaces that their business took off. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the power of photography? Is it still important to you? Do you feel like it's a core to Nasty Gal and to. I what? feel like the power of photography is really, really. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's massive. Um, I mean, again, like my auction photos were not—they were not professional photos by any means. I did have digital SLR, but I was, you know, I was shooting a girl, a random girl, in front of like a, a garage. Where'd you like, get the random girl? A driveway, MySpace, and I just was like, hey. And at that time, it was like, ooh, cool. She gets like more photos for her MySpace profile. This was like pre-selfie for yeah. the most, you uh, know, like for sure. Um, Pre-iPhone. So she would have like cool, but the cute new photos of herself to like put on her social media, um, and yeah, I just like would find cute girls, and you know we'd hang out, and it was fun. Sometimes I'd give them clothes, sometimes I'd buy them a hamburger, give them like twenty bucks. But it wasn't like I wasn't like rolling in the dough at that yeah. time. It wasn't like it started to seem unfair at a certain point, and I was like, okay, I really need to start paying people. One thing that I find is a question that I get asked a lot, the people on the show get asked a lot, um, is very much about sort of the break. And 
I have advocated that there really isn't a break, it's like a thousand little breaks. Mm -hmm. But that's, I'm intentionally seeding with you what I think. Mm -hmm. um, a, did you have a break? Or B, is it more that there's a thousand breaks? And if you had some advice to give mm -hmm. folks, because I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing words like sort of toil and and uh, just and take pictures and buy people hamburgers and it doesn't really sound like you're building this like glamorous yeah it doesn't sound glamorous and and yeah. there's this sort of I think uh, again the the as the world compares their real lives to the highlight reel of Sophia there's this gap there and and help me break down that gap yeah so one of the questions I'm asked most frequently is like when was the moment that like you knew it was taking off or what was the pivotal moment, the break per se. <laughs> and I've got to say I've answered that question a thousand times right. and I've made it up a little differently every time just to answer the question because yeah. it's, it's not a hard question to answer. Um, but it, again, like I said, I give a different response every time because there is a thousand breaks. Um, and that break can be a, you know, a, a moment like an auction sells for more than it ever has before or when you realize that people like don't like you because you're succeeding, like your competition starts to like I had snarky eBay sellers like I have no idea what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Writing about me <laughs> like, in forums, oh like right. you know, like oh that's not even vintage or blah, you know. It's like when you're upsetting your peers or your competition, then like yep. that's a break. Like, yep. Um, nice. Yeah. Or, you know, when I launched the website and it sold out, like, instantly, and Kelly Ripa's stylist called from L.A., and that was, like, that was, like, that was, like, another planet at the time. I live in L.A. now. But that was, like, what? She's on the television. She's <laughs> on the TV. <laughs> Where was this happening? Where were you I physically was, in the I, When I launched the website, which was in 2008, I was in Benicia. Do you know where that is? No. Nope. It's by Vallejo. Oh, wow, glamorous. Yeah, really glamorous. I was at like an old arsenal, like a sh like an old kind of like shipyard or something. Mm. Just this big old kind of drafty building that I had like a thousand square feet in and that felt like, you know, I was like, I need to get like, a, I need a party in here. Or, like, <laughs> I could skateboard across the floor and no one would yell. You know, it's like your first, it was my first yeah. space outside of my house. And um, yeah, that's where that happened. Everything existed in plastic bags and you know, those blue Ikea Were you personally doing all the shopping at this point? I was, yeah. Doing all the shopping, all the... I mean, I, I had zero employees when I launched the website. How long did you have zero employees? Well, that's another question I get asked. I don't know about you, but like, oh, when do you know it's time to take on people? And Not I long was, after yeah, that. I was, when I, when I, I got sick, really, really sick for a few days because I was just working like 15, 16 hour days and I had all these orders to ship. Um, and I was doing it sick, and it was just like, this is, there's no way this is sustainable. When I launched the website, things could so sell out the second I put them up. With eBay, there's 10-day auctions. I had 10-day auctions, so yeah, I'd put stuff like, up. They'd sit relax. there for 10 days, and they'd get more and more expensive, hopefully. Uh, yep. When I put stuff on the website, it would just disappear in a second, and it was just this constant, like, oh, shit, I have to ship it now. I have to ship it now. I have to ship it today and tomorrow and the next day. And... So that really changed things. Um, and I hired my first employee right after the website launched. Um, I found her on Craigslist. Did you have a sense of scalability or lack of scalability at that point? You're like, wait a minute, it's me, I'm going shopping. And <laughs> I started to feel that because people were like, don't you have this in a medium? And I was like, no, it's one of a kind. That's not how it works. <laughs> so it was then that I was like, okay, people want 
if I could take one photo and sell three of that thing or five of that thing and now it's 500 or sometimes, you know, thousands, whatever, then I, then, you know, then I can really like make this work. Then I can get, I don't think I even understood the word scale yeah. per se, but. Um, it's a very, it was very startup sort of bullshit Yeah, it was term, clear but. that like I could do this much work, but then like get this much more. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, you know, that was really, it was Yeah, like, it's a crocodile brain part of it. It's like, if yeah, I it was like, sell more stuff, I get more money. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that is building a business. You don't mm -hmm. have to But that's actually one of the things that I want to de debunk. So we're going to, I'm going to pull on this thread a little bit more, which is there is, especially online where you've got access to, to you and to a lot of other people who are building great businesses and we're in the startup ecosystem and you've taken venture capital and you're building a business. Let's yeah. not leave out the ecosystem. There you go, the ecosystem, <laughs> right? The, the, at the core, myself, most of the founders that I know, they're just trying to build something that they care about that adds value to other people and themselves. How do you, you, know, how do you separate yourself or do you separate yourself from all of the bullshit. The, the like Silicon Valley, like jargony stuff? Yeah, and, and it's, a, you know, again, what I love is the vision of you in this sort of drafty, to use your words, space. I know. Figuring shit out. I know. Because I think, again, I'm trying to unromanticize the, the vision of being an entrepreneur and we're uh -huh. sitting back and we're talking to venture capitalists and we're very important and we do this. Yeah, yeah. And, and to like, I just know it's like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta, I was supposed they're to ship like this Swiss. yesterday. <laughs> yes, they're they, they, yeah, they're Swiss and they all have mustaches and, and attache cases. No, but like, am, are you willing to debunk that? Or it sounds like you are. I mean, I guess I don't want to put words um, in your mouth. To debunk, I mean, I've, I've not met a lot of like snooty venture capitalists necessarily. No, no, I, yeah, I don't have, I'm, I'm more talking about what the, the people like what on is, the other what end is that of, world? Yeah, what they is the think what, it's like this really foreign thing? Yeah, I think that the, the the people who are at home trying to decide if they can go from zero to one. Can, I'm in this job. Can I start? Can I be a kitchen counter entrepreneur and start a side hustle, and and yes. and just and grow a business and not feel like I have to participate in some uh, treadmill uh, yeah. that's happening only in Silicon like Valley between. Fest. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like building a business that, that like even the term. Well, the terms that get thrown around are they're sort of a little bit misleading. And what I know about people who are building businesses is they just they go to work and they, could, they dig a ditch and they make stuff, mm -hmm. make stuff happen. Yeah, so I'm I, trying to you know, I take the I didn't understand it. any of that. I, I started the company in late 2006. We didn't raise money until 2012. So I bootstrapped the thing to like $28 million in revenue. I had no, I had no debt. I had no one, no one would have given me a loan. I didn't have credit cards. I didn't have family money. I thought that building a business was you buy something and you sell it for more than you bought it for and then you have some money and then you invest a little and then you do some stuff with it, like that same thing again and then the, maybe the pile of money gets a little bigger. That's what I did for six years um, until we raised initially nine million, which at that time in the company's growth wasn't that much. It was like a growth size round. and. You know, someone's ready to buy like, you know, 20% stake in the business, and I was like, no, no, no. You know, e-commerce was in a very different place. It was a great time to raise money, um, but yeah, business is just like making money from your talent. That's it. You're you can be an entrepreneur and wax eyebrows and do the best fucking job 
that anyone's ever done. You can be a real estate agent and be an entrepreneur and a business person and have a business. Um, you can be the CEO of whatever you want to make up, the CEO of your own fucking bedroom. Just kidding. Yeah. But titles mean sure. nothing, right? Yeah. Like it's it's in what you're doing. World, it's what a, you're yeah, doing in, yeah. and how much it adds up to. And nobody knows that but you. Um, that's that's building a business. That's being, you know, an entrepreneur. Did you did you feel like you tapped into your talent? Because you just said that a second ago. You said it's like using your talent to make money. Did you like know that you had a talent in spotting vintage or fashion or? No, not necessarily. No, I, 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 and it was develop. It was a, you know a developed talent. I'm still not an like a, amazing photographer. I have a good eye. I have. I'm a decent writer. I can. I have a voice that I put into everything that I did so it felt consistent and that's how I built a brand. But I didn't know any of those things until I started writing copy because I had to because I had to list out the shipping rates for my customers. And then I was like, I might as well have fun with it and make it seem conversational and something that like I'll make sense and not make it really sterile. And then I realized that I was good at building a brand. And then I realized I was I was building a brand and I was like, why am I doing this on eBay? And then I started the website, and none of that was like, oh, I'm gonna pivot. Like I didn't know what that <laughs> the meant. The words, yeah. Like what the yeah, fuck is that? Yeah. No. Such as I was just like words. this. Yeah. This seems like a better idea. You know, that was. You don't have to have all the lingo or all the friends. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best advice. I love that. Talk to me for a second about you're now 28 million in revenue. Yeah, that was and like 2012. 20, before raising money, do you realize, do you say, holy shit, I have a hell of a business on my hands? Or you probably said that before then. I don't think I completely even realized that. I just moved the company to LA maybe a year prior. It was when I went to meet venture capitalists for the first time who were like, what? You didn't go to college? You're profitable? What? I was like, I didn't know companies could lose money. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I've now learned. <laughs> Um, but uh, they were just like, I'd never made a PowerPoint presentation. I didn't know how, I, which is kind of embarrassing, honestly. Um, but I didn't really need to. I had never pitched anybody. Um, and I was just curious. And I was like, sure, I'll meet these people that keep writing me. And learned a lot. I bought books called How to Be Smarter Than Your Venture Capitalist or How to Outsmart Your Venture Capitalist. I watched roundtables of VCs talking about like their pet peeves and entrepreneurs just to like understand their psychology and you can learn anything that you need to without like all the friends or all the lingo, right? Like there's something actually powerful about that being slightly outside that system. I mean, the same thing is true with Creative Live. Like we built a profitable, fast growing business before I even walked down there and just and I wish I could say that I had this great vision of how popular and what the size of market and opportunity is gonna be for around online education and it's like I was just Helping Serbania had a million followers who were like craving for creative education. I, like I knew a bunch of people who were good at teaching people how to take pictures and design stuff. Like well, maybe we could put them together. And when you follow that sort of paradigm, you really get to write your own ticket in a way that, that others might not. I think so. Do you have a? Um, is your way the right way? No, it's one way. It's the way I did it. I really envy people that have, I mean, learning things f from school or from being told 
those things is one is one way of learning, but you don't learn as completely, I think, as when you actually develop the muscle memory by doing it yourself. Um, had I gone to school or started the company with a little bit more periphery than I had, I think there would have been advantages to that. But I also think I would have thought it was a lot harder and made totally different moves were I to go start a business. And I'm, I'm happy with where I am. It's been really challenging growing a business for 10 years now. Um, there's no right way. Um, I think there's what you have and what you do with what you have. And that's like the only way, right? Like, well, your story is clearly powerful. It resonates with uh, you know, the millions of people that pay attention to you and what you're doing uh, to the business, the business, $100 million business. Um, what, like, at what point did you realize that people were really passionate, not just about buying the stuff that Nasty Gal sold, but about you and your personal story? Yeah, I hid out behind the business for, as, I guess, as long as I could. Um, I, it was never about me. I was not like Sophia of Nasty Gal. Like I, it was just Nasty Gal. And in the beginning, it was like, we did this. It was like when it was even just me, I was saying we so that mm -hmm. people would think that there's was like more a whole people. team. There's a whole other person. So it seemed like really right legitimate. <laughs> um, Can I have another one of these ciders? That's, they're super tasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Would you like another one? I would like one, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So you're, I'm, you're, It's not that alcoholic. It's I'm not. getting this. I'm yeah. getting like you have to dry. It's yes, this it, is it's, like it's, it's like apple juice with like lister like a little bit of <laughs> listerine. Well, it's like what, you know the amount of alcohol that's in kombucha or something. There There's not that much in here. Cheers. Cheers. Um, it was it was once I started an Instagram. I guess my a personal Instagram. I didn't have a personal. I had a personal MySpace, but it was private and no one paid attention. And that's um, 2010, and that was 2005. Yeah, 2012 is when we raised $49 million, and my first business coverage was four pages in Forbes. Wow. So Who'd you raise from? Um, Index Ventures, um, pretty much all from Index Ventures. Um, and it was just like, it's an absurd story. Um, I didn't know it was absurd until I started talking to people. And... Um, that, that was super cool. I mean, Forbes is like, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. I remember being coached through it though, like, okay, they want you to look like a billionaire. Like, so someday if you are one, like they can show these pictures and be like, you know, they like, it's really funny, just the publicity, yeah. the whole thing behind the scenes. So I tried to look as fancy as I could. I'm doing things like this mm -hmm. and this, and I've gotten really good at this yes, stuff. Yes, good job. I'm gonna that. take your picture later and we'll make sure that okay, you do this. Okay, we'll do okay. that, yeah. Um, but, um, it was that, and then there was there was like a, a ton of business press, but it was Instagram, and it was people saying, I don't know how they were finding me, maybe through the business press, and they were starting to comment things like, oh my God, I want to work for you. Oh my God, how did you do it? I have my own small business. Do you have advice? Um, or like, I want to model for you. <laughs> like those were like every comment for a long time. And I, didn't, I wasn't sitting around like toiling over a book, being like, oh gosh, and now I have to write a book. A book. It was just. It was very serendipitous that I met my literary agent, who was like, "What kind of book do you want to do?" And I was like, "Man, I want to do like a business book for the girl like me, who now is stoked on buying business. I don't finish every business book, but for the girl like me, who like didn't go to business school, who doesn't even know yet that business is fun and interesting, um, who might think it's for squares, 
I don't think I'm a square. I don't know. You don't feel like a square. I'm drinking cider. The work that you do doesn't feel square. Um, so I was like, I want to write this book that's like the gateway drug to the business section. And it's not just for girls. It's called Girl Boss, but I don't really talk about being a girl that much in the book. It's not like, when boys say this, <laughs> it's not. We say that. Yeah, it's not really that at all. I called it Girl Boss because it's a good, good branding, basically. It's great. Um, and that's can, we, can we talk about that for a second? Should I put yeah. this down? No, no, you can keep chugging it because this next question is going to be a doozy. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but Girl Boss, obviously, phenomenal uh, vehicle for engaging women. Um, there is an, an, an inequity, in specifically in Silicon Valley. Um, but do you do you address that? Is that a thing that is? Is that a motivation for you? Is it something that you are fighting against? How do you, what's the lens on which you put that? It is. I think the greatest change is made through just, I had a friend and I used to be like, they're cutting down the forests. I'm not gonna buy new, new, you know, tables because they're cutting down trees and I'm not gonna eat meat because the world's falling apart. And I had a friend who was like, okay, this is the, this is what I can affect in the world. And he like put his arms out and he was like, like this is it. so the people around you and I do, I I still believe that like the greatest change is made just through how you treat the person next to you or what you learn from the person next to you or what whoever you meet like has you know has to gain from any kind of exchange and we never know when we're going to learn something but I do know that sharing our stories is something that makes other people feel capable I mean that's what we're doing now that's yep. what my podcast is that's what my book is and it's free like giving your story to people is free. Telling my story is free. It's so rewarding that just like talking about yourself, which could be narcissist, I don't know, but just like telling a story of something that happened and the women on my podcast and the people are who, who are on um, 30 Days of Genius mm -hmm. are coming and telling their stories. There's a ripple effect to that. And I think that's so much stronger than um, browbeating people with metrics and I, you know, I think change is also made it, you know, in law and um, in many other ways. I but culturally, that that culturally, story, the narrative is a powerful. Yes, yeah, there's like a psychic thing that you can put out to the world that I think can like make a different kind of wave. And um, you wake up, you know, someone can wake up excited in the morning because they learn something from someone else more more than they can being educated by. Um, like a statistic about like uh, wage inequality, which is a thing. Um, Absolutely. But that's that's like my mo. That's your angle. To, at this point. I like it. No, yeah. it's 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 a the narrative is a powerful mechanism that humans connect deeply with. Uh, it's our number one vehicle for learning, uh, and that's one of the reasons that this show exists for sure. Let's talk about your show though. All right. Girl boss. Girl, which show, man? Okay, so okay. I have a podcast Ooh, called Girl Boss Radio. What? What? We got two shows. I started it in October. It's a little thing, but I've had like some amazing women on. Um, Who's your favorite? No, you can't say that. Who's someone you like? There's a couple people. Um, I had this this upcoming week. I have a NASCAR racer named Julia Landauer. So she went to Stanford. She graduated with a degree in science, technology, and society. I don't even, I didn't even know How society was a, th it's a thing, which is like a, maybe like liberal arts. Society, yeah. It's like the right brain 
for the left brain stuff, I guess. And she's a, she's a female NASCAR driver. She's like 24. She grew up in New York City. NASCAR uh, driver grew up in New York City. That's New York crazy. City. I guess maybe, yeah, wow. And she lives in uh, what North Carolina, wherever they live, all of them. That's where that whole, yeah, South Carolina? It's, yeah, it's I North Carolina, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's North Carolina. Yeah, you're right. It's, she's yeah. a really fascinating story. Um, but, um, I mean, everyone is really interesting for different reasons. People like, are interesting, right? People are super interesting. Yeah. It's like a very selfish way to, like, learn and share at the same time, <laughs> right? I'm full confess. It's like, is that a high five? Sure. Uh, okay. It was a it is hand, now. But yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. And, but it's a full confess. Like, there's a, there is certainly a, an element of selfishness in this, wanting this to sit This whole thing is your college. Yeah, it's great. It's, <laughs> I'm and it's, kidding, it I'm is, kidding. There's, you know, the fact that... Um, Access is a core value for me personally and a core value for Creative Live. And uh, like to be able to plug into your brain even for an hour is something that's so valuable. And the difference to me is from people who, a book or someone who's written a book who knows a little bit about the thing versus someone who's lived the shit. Like you were putting stamps on the stuff that you were <laughs> mailing out from the beginning 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, and now you're writing books and hosting podcasts and Talk about your other little show in just a second. Another show coming, Uh, but like that is a badass trajectory. And in the same way that you've identified that there's a great story in everyone, whether you're a NASCAR driver or not, it's telling your story and creating vehicles for people to tell your story. That is, you know, that's what this represents. And clearly, you're very good at that because your brand was doing that, your show was doing that, your other show was doing that, your book did that. But that's a lot of things. So we're gonna like. Put that on, like, put a pin in that. Okay. And then we're gonna go to the new show. There's another show. There's another show. You said that so, like, oh my God, there's another show. It's like crazy. So, <laughs> I sold Girl Boss, the book, okay. to Netflix as a scripted comedy. For nine ninety nine. Yes. For like, here's four ninety nine. <laughs> um, here's a book. Would you like to buy a book? Yeah. Sold. Like, this is Netflix. such a ding dong. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Charlize Theron's producing it. Um, I'm sorry, I've never heard of her. Yeah, she's so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> um, and the writer of Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2, Kay Cannon, she wrote for New Girl and 30 Rock, she's awesome, is the showrunner, and it's in development now, and it'll, sometime in 17, there'll be a show called Girl Boss on Netflix. Wow. Yeah, did based you, on my, did, did you, my life, my book, I don't Did know. you cultivate that, or was that cultivated for you and... It, you know, the universe like conspires. has a way yep. of doing things. It I don't delivers. know. I didn't, it delivers, I didn't, doesn't it? Yeah. Delivers. I don't. I don't know how. I, if I can talk about how much. Yeah, I don't want to talk about. It. I meet want meet people. Yeah. They like you. Things get done faster if people like you. Not everybody likes me. I don't know. I think, um, but it's also the book was also successful in its own right. And Kay is someone who's inspired by it, and a great writer can do amazing things with something they're inspired by. I'm just kind of like the, you know, the spark, you know. Talk about the, how important community is. To me, I think that's a really interesting point you made. Like, you get, you're surrounded with writers and directors and producers and yeah. um, you clearly have built the community, not just an online one, but we've talked about mutual friends and uh, what's the role that community plays for Sophia? Community. 
It used to be a word that I was really grossed out by because I used to live in Washington State. You did? I lived in Olympia. Oh my gosh. Um, down by the, down when by the I was beer like place? 18, yeah. and I wanted to go to Evergreen, and everything was community and vegan, and let's go eat the roadkill <laughs> that just got off this. It's still hot. That's vegan, right? It's like we didn't kill it. Oh my god. Um, and I and I lived in Seattle for a little while. For those of you who don't know, I gotta, like Evergreen College is literally they don't have grades. They don't have grades. There are no majors. <laughs> you can like, like you can major in Madonna. And, literally, yeah. you can major in Madonna. Um, I moved up there to get residency. Um, so it's a state school, you know, which is insane that it's yeah. like this bonkers state school um, with no majors. Anyway, um, community. Community is a word that used to really gross me out. I still feel a little smothered by that term um, because I'm a pretty independent person. But in general, I've I've built a community, and I love this girl that I've been talking to for 10 years. Um, it's also nice to be able to go home at the end of the day, so do I want to live in an intentional community? No. <laughs> That's what they're called. Yeah. Um, but do I love that there's a community of girls out there that like I've inspired who feel like more ready to take on the world because they have read my book? That's insane. Like I, I couldn't ask more. Um, and and again, like that's that's a it's a free thing um, to do. You know, building Girl Boss as a platform is really important to me. So the podcast is just the beginning. I really want to do a conference. I actually just tweeted it, so I would have to do it. Yes, yeah, I like announced it. <laughs> I'm doing a conference. Like, and I have no oh, plans. Shit. I don't know what I'm doing, but I was like, I'll have to do it if I tell the public. So yes. I did that. Um, that you usually works. I just I tell I. I promise something, and then I'll just figure out how to make keep the promise. You mentioned the word inspiration. Yeah. And being an inspiration to others, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Um, honestly, these girls um, and their stories, and um, you know, anyone who wakes up every day to make their life a little better. Life is hard. And that's coming from someone who's like sipping cider, like in a beautiful, nice. like, like. But it's <laughs> on the thirty-fifth I mean, floor of a building in Los Angeles. I know, yeah. with great outside view, outside seventy degrees, um, and great view. You know, aren't we? I mean, can we just express like just a little moment of gratitude? It's pretty. I think that's kind of what I yeah. Yeah, for sure. There. And however, life is hard. Let's go back to where you're it at. It is right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get easier. That's for sure. Um, so I would say these girls, it's like, a, it's very cyclical. I inspire them and then they inspire me and then I know, I learn more about what it is that they need and I find ways whether I can help them or I can find other people to share their stories that can help them. Um, you know, equipping um, my listener, reader, viewer, I don't know, Buyer, this viewer, girl er, er, um, yeah. with what she needs to feel dressed, to have an amazing life and then the, have the tools and support that she needs to go out and do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm even answering your question you are. anymore. How, how intentional have you been with all that? Do you feel like it's been strategic? Or are you just... It's getting more strategic. I mean, I've learned... I used to just turn things on because I could, and then that's the thing you, that happens with that is that you have to continue to like, nurture those things. Like your YouTube channel? Yeah, didn't do, that didn't work <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, it's... It's becoming more strategic. I think it's just like, how can I connect all these things? Part of it is just, I have, I cannot, unless I'm piling 
more than I can handle on myself and then like digging my way out and like making order of it as I'm digging my way out, I'm, I feel like I'm not doing enough and so I, I like to overcommit and see what's possible. Um, what about a time where that's bit you in the ass ever? Probably every day. I mean, whenever my calendar makes me want to kill myself. Um, you know, it's like there's a certain point where you wake up and your calendar is like, Where's this is time? what you're doing all day. And you're like, wow, I'm really an adult. This sucks. <laughs> like, I'm, I work for myself. No, I'm, I don't. What I'm is a grown this? Up. What is this? The Netflix thing's coming out in 17. You get the book that's happening now. Well, yeah, Girl Boss was two years ago. There's another book coming out in October. Ooh. I know. Can we talk? Yeah, it's called Nasty Galaxy. Nasty Galaxy. I've seen the cover with you with the space helmet on. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It's fun. It's really visual. Um, there's more inspiration and essays from me about serendipity and friend churn, which you can guess what that might be, and um, illustrations and a, a story about the time I pooped my pants in high school. Crazy. It's, yeah. It's Was that crazy. awkward? Just a little? I was by myself. Fortunately. But it was, you know, you worry about things like, oh my God, am, am I incontinent? Like, will I be doing this for the rest of my life? Did I just become the person who wears diapers for the rest oh of their life? Like, sorry. it's so shocking, like, in adulthood to do something like that. Um, yeah, but that's not, it's a, very, not, it's a very short part of it, I think. That's not what the book's there's about. There's interviews with different women, so Q&As with different girl bosses, women who are doing interesting things, creative women. Um, quotes. Um, it's really, really eclectic. It's super colorful and photogenic. And Can I have an advanced copy? I can't even have an advanced Come copy. Come on, this is bullshit. I know. It comes literally on the slow boat from China. I don't know. What about a galley? No galleys. Who there is, will be what, no galleys. Do I, do I need to flip over this table? We're looking at the publicist. Like, <laughs> no, I know. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. I know. It's. I want to print one just, just like one, mm -hmm. just to have it. Like, down the street, like just hey, can you can you print this book? What have I not asked you? As we're trying to, I want to try to put a bow on our conversation. What have mm -hmm. I not asked you? I feel like you went to some great places and helped the folks out there who are listening and watching understand a little bit more about you. You've clearly sort of uh, there's a I'll just say there's a little bit of grit that you have, which I really appreciate. The, the people who I tend to hang out with most in life have that sort of quality. Um, but what's something I didn't ask you that I should have or that you would like to leave the world of, uh, of this show with mm. on your way out the door? I think it's important to have a personal life. <laughs> I think, yeah, I didn't forever and I finally do. And even that's stressful. But having something other than work for once is a really cool thing. So most people know that. Most people can't get out of that enough to work really hard. If you're not one of those people, I'm just going to remind you that you might want to have a personal life at some point and take time for yourself because, I don't know, it doesn't age well if you don't. It doesn't. Mm, that's I'm like half kidding. <laughs> I live in L.A. <laughs> Women, it's, you know, things are rough on us. The world is rough. Uh, I As think, I chug my cider. Yeah, but for a second, we should again acknowledge that there's a lot of folks who um, don't come from the relative privilege that we're talking about. The thing that resonates with me, your story, is is that there is this sort of a grit, and it's a story of possibility and opportunity. Um, and uh, oh yeah, what else can I? 
Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Legit. Thanks. Like, you've, you've done... Continuing to do it is what's really hard. So true. But... So true. Well, thank you for sharing yes. your story. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, for you folks who are watching out there and that camera and that camera and that camera, all those cameras, Sophia, you can follow her all over the place at... Sophia Amoruso. Spell or the you last name because that's a doozy. I know. S-O-P-H-I-A-A-M-O-R-U-S-O. And you can find Girl Boss Radio on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud or whatever. Girl Boss Radio on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Yeah, all that stuff. Bam. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really cool thing. So most people know that. Most people can't get out of that enough to work really hard. If you're not one of those people, I'm just going to remind you that you might want to have a personal life at some point. And take time for yourself because... I don't know. It doesn't age well if you don't. It doesn't. Mm, that's I'm like half kidding. <laughs> I live in LA. <laughs> Women, it's you know things are rough on us. The world is rough. Uh, I As think, I chug my cider. Yeah, but for a second, we should again acknowledge that there's a lot of folks who um, don't come from the relative privilege that we're talking about. The thing that resonates with me, your story, is is that there is this sort of a grit, and it's a story of possibility and opportunity. Um, and uh, oh yeah, what else can I? Congratulations! Oh, thanks. Legit, like thanks. you've you've done. Continuing to do it is what's really hard. So true. But so true. Well, thank you for sharing yes. your story. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, for you folks who are watching out there, and that camera, and that camera, and that camera, all those cameras. Sophia, you can follow her all over the place at Sophia Amoruso. Spell or the last name because that's a doozy. I know. S O P H I A A M O R U S O. And you can find Girl Boss Radio on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud or whatever. Girl Boss Radio on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Yeah, all that stuff. Bam. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this also. Uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.